0: With channels podcasts, I'm Moose and I'm Jody. We are a married couple, and we're talking about TV shows, giving our takes, reviews, and movies, but mostly TV shows. Yup. Thank you for joining us today, this morning, tonight, whenever you're whenever listening. Whenever you're listening. That's right. It's a beauty podcasting. You can listen uh, whenever the hell you want. Sometimes it takes me a week to finish a whole episode of a different podcast. Same. Here we are. We're talking about three shows, so let's get into it. Mandalorian's back for season three.
1: Season three is
0: back. Mando and Grogu.
1: Grogu. Everybody's
0: favorite uh, retail item. All right, let's fade that out. So season three has kicked off. As of this recording, we've gotten through the first two episodes of season three. And, you know, it's the Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, for me, I think the shine has kind of worn off a little bit. Hmm. I like Mandalorian; it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think what happened is, as a Star Wars fan, you know, over the years, you get kind of fed these little nuggets of Star Warsdom. Hmm. Star Warsdom. Ooh, that's sounds yeah, like that, that should be yeah. copyrighted. <laughs> what?
1: what was it's that? Like
0: wisdom, but it's. <laughs> uh, Star Wars universe, you know, you get fed the little nuggets of Star Wars stuff over the years. You know, you get the prequels from 1999. Ugh. Those suck, but they still kind of help you out as a Star Wars fan. Then the, the, the trilogy came along in 2015, and that was middling quality. But still, you got the Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca, lightsabers, uh, that whole world. And then some like Mandalorian comes along, and you're like, cool, this is different. Mm-hmm. This is Star wars E, but it's still different. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, it almost got watered down a little bit okay, with Boba Fett. So it's not quite as shiny and cool for me anymore. Oh,
1: I got gotcha. you. And then I Andor that.
0: came along and I thought that was just quality. Yeah. Like that was just a good show. Not a lot of Star Wars going on with that, but definitely Star Wars. And Mandalorian, it's like, and I, I'm not trying to shit on Mandalorian. It's a good show. I enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. just not like, you know, cool. We need to check it out.
1: I think, too, like, I, I mean, I still love it. And let's face it, I just watch for cute Grogu moments. He just stamping on oh television. Oh, my gosh. Easily. I just love him. Um, But I also, too, kind of feel like this faded for me a little bit. And maybe it's because... You know, we're watching The Last of Us as well. There's some hmm. kind of parallels there drawn for me. Like, they're both kind of father figures for this child that they weren't really expecting.
0: Pedro Pascal's got that, like, he's typecast now.
1: Uh, kind of, yeah.
0: Father of a child slash infant who is needing a father figure.
1: Absolutely. And he has to fight to kind of keep them, keep, you know, for survival for both of them, you know. They have a goal, you know, usually it it just kind of, it's more of the same there for me, but with with cute Grogu moments.
0: And speaking of Grogu, I like what they're doing. It seems like Grogu is now doing more. Yeah. Granted, it's only two episodes, but the second episode where they go back to Mandalore and they go down into the mines, you know, Grogu is very much a part of saving, uh, Din Jajarin, yeah, the Mandalorian, yeah, you know. So he's learning stuff. He's growing. He's mm-hmm. able to do stuff other than just walk around and be cute and eat frogs.
1: Well, he's he's growing older, and he's yeah. kind of he, he growing learned. growing into his powers and his abilities too. And so. he
0: learned from Luke Skywalker and the I think it's Boba Fett, where they showed like,
1: oh yeah, them was together. It Boba
0: Fett, or was it was it Mandalorian season two? I don't know. But they had this, like, two-episode arc where, you know, it was Luke Skywalker and Grogu training. Yeah. And it just didn't fit with whatever show it was on. But anyway, so he's learned stuff. Yep. He's not pursuing the Jedi way, but he knows how to do stuff. And Mandalorian taught him some navigation skills in the in the plane and all that, or the speeder, or whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah. He's a quick study, Grogu is.
0: Yeah, and he's using his force to knock... Uh, bad guys back and out of the cave etc
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I like the first episode with the big giant crocodile attack mm-hmm. that, that was interesting and I I do like episode 2 I thought the um, the creature creation was interesting
1: oh yeah can I bring up my point that I sure. feel about both like episode 1 and episode 2 there were a couple scenes where it totally had like a Fraggle Rock or Muppets feel to the oh, creatures like yeah. Uh, there was a scene on. Um, they were with uh Grief Karga, played by Carl Weathers, and uh they were trying to get the droid fixed, and they were like almost like these little m- mouse-like creatures, and yeah. they they totally were like Muppets Fraggle Rock memories for me. I don't know. That's just what it reminds me of. And, uh, yeah. And then in this episode, when they're going down into the to the Mandalorian mines you know kind of into the underground city area wreckage whatever you want to call it um there were some creatures there that i felt like oh they look like muppets or fraggle rock things where they had to kind of fight them off
0: are you talking about the flying lizard things or like the cave dwelling the
1: cave dwelling bipedal Um,
0: creature alamites
1: alamites thank you yes that's what they were called
0: yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm i with you on that. There was a little bit of like Fraggle Rock type of feel going yeah. on there. Maybe it's the caves that lent to that I feeling. I don't
1: know. They yeah, just the f- kind of look like Muppets or like Jim Henson creations right. a little bit, you know?
0: I get what you're saying with the uh, mechanics in the first episode. I like the, the main, we'll call it bad guy creature oh. in the second episode. I thought that was kind of inventive. It was like a, it seemed like it was a fusion of an organic creature with some cybernetic yes parts and then it, he all fits into this big giant i don't know what you call it beetle it looked
1: like a bug yeah, yeah big
0: mechanical beetle thing that eventually caught din Dejarin.
1: yeah it was very much like spider or or bug of prey type situation yeah. too like like he like the mandalorian was almost like in this uh web or cocoon thing yeah. like Here's my prey.
0: <laughs> and it was interesting, uh, you know, the creature was different. And, and at one point you thought he's dead, but then like his head pops off with its own little mechanical legs. Yeah. Like, oh, interesting. And he was trying to like steal his blood or something. I just thought that was a very, like from an artistic creativity standpoint, cool. Yeah. Um, The episode's fine. You know, it's all good.
1: I'm not going to spoil it, but there was a lot of tension created when he went to the living waters as well. Like yeah. there was a lot of like. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? So I like that part.
0: Yeah. And theoretically, the next episode, we'll see um, kind of what happened with that. Yeah. Because uh, it was like, a, oh, because that's the creature they encountered that they based their logo and crest on. Yeah. But so, again, to reiterate, I like the Mandalorian still. I think it's just kind of leveled out for me. Sure. Whereas season one, two is kind of trajecting upwards. hmm the trajectory was upwards. And now I think it's kind of leveled out. And that's not to say that's a bad thing, um, but um, I don't know if I get excited for it. Sure. You know, on a Wednesday when it drops like, oh, Mandalorian, let's check it out.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, There's another show that I kind of get excited about when new episodes drop and we'll get to that. But uh, anything else on the Mandalorian season three, Jody?
1: Grogu is I the know, cutest. Right?
0: Jody, I got Jody a Grogu doll. Oh my God. One Christmas, and it's sitting there right by her bed. Yes. Our bed.
1: I snuggle it sometimes. And so,
0: yeah, theoretically, you see Grogu every morning. Mm-hmm. And I always hear you. Good morning, my sweet Grogu Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to a new show on Peacock TV, which um, is like the NBC Universal, whatever streaming service uh, Poker Face, show starring Natasha Leone. Um, it's, uh, if if you don't know the premise of the show, she is a woman who can tell when somebody's lying. It's almost like a superpower for her. And she starts off in Vegas or Reno working at a casino and bottom line, she's got to run and kind of drive cross country to flee this big casino owner. Who's trying to hunt her down and probably kill her. Mm hmm. Uh, so she's on the run, and that takes her into different locales, different towns, communities, and that sets up your weekly different murder scenario.
1: Mm-hmm. Or mystery, mystery or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: And the way that each episode works, we see the murder happen,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then it kind of backpedals a little bit to before the murder when um, Charlie, Natasha's character, comes into town, and she kind of susses out who killed whoever died. Mm-hmm. Using her skills of sniffing out liars and intuitiveness, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, this show's gotten a lot of press and hype. A lot of people love it. Mm-hmm. A lot of critics do, anyway. I, I don't know if I know anybody who, you know, says, "Oh, that's a good show. You should watch it." Mm. But the critics love it.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, Natasha Neone's great. It's kind of like this day's Columbo. Yeah. Um,
1: kinda. Yeah.
0: I don't think it's all that great. Sure. I think it's it's a fine watch. Yeah, um, but it's not. I don't think it's living up to the hype. Okay. I think it's because it's from Ryan Johnson, who Hollywood loves. Yeah. And uh, I think that adds about forty percent of the "Wow, this is great" factor. Sure. If people step, stood back and said, like, didn't know it was Ryan Johnson, you might think it was good, but not like, oh, it's fantastic.
1: Sure. Okay. I think it's good, and I, I think that the main character is good. I can see where it has a pretty specific formula for each episode and where, as you watch, that can maybe kind of get a little bit you know? And I think that for the most part, except for the last episode, like casting and acting was pretty good, but the last episode that we watched, it was a little off and hokey for me. I don't know. It was just kind of hammy I don't know just didn't do it the supporting actors the supporting roles they're not the not right. the main characters but they just I don't know they just kind of were a little off-putting for me but yeah I don't know it's good I wouldn't say it's like oh my god I love it yeah, yeah. but it's good
0: it's good um there's some moments there where I'm kind of like like she just happened to stumble into the radio station, and there just happens to be a guy doing all the shifts on the station.
2: Yeah, I, I have lagged a lot of miles listening to you, man. Uh, you're blowing my mind right now. What else do you do? The morning buzz with Jimmy the Jerk. No. The knitting circle with Kathy J. Fucking Kathy. Y la poda rosa super con Sanchez. Oh, I, I'm not sure that one's cool to do anymore. Yeah, you know, I was a theater major in school when... And-
0: There's a lot of hours to fill in here, and he later on the episode he ends up helping her out by impersonating the voice of one of the main suspects to another suspect, getting her to confess. Yep. While on the phone to the main suspect, it's actually the radio guy, (laughs) and it just it's a little far fetched on some of that stuff like that. I'm not saying that's bad, or I'm not. It's not taking me out of it. It's just I don't think it's super clever. Sure. And I think she, on the plus side, I think she's like, if this show wasn't written for her, it's the best casting ever. Sure. Natasha Lyonne for that character. Absolutely. She was built to play that sort of thing. Yes. What do you think about shows like this a Murder Mystery where we find out who did it as first. the viewer first, and ah. then, we, then we're then we kind of along for the ride?
1: I mean, it's different. It's a different take on it. It, it doesn't leave that, like my my it doesn't challenge my brain and like oh maybe it's this person or maybe it's oh maybe it's that person now you know like you don't kind of go through that in your own mind as you're watching because you already know but it's more about like how is she going to capture them how is she going to um get justice for this crime you know kind of thing yeah so that part's kind of interesting she gets a little creative she's smart you know right um she uses her powers for good so that's cool you know
0: i don't know i think it's i think it's more engaging for the viewer when we don't know who did it
1: Mm, yeah
0: until the protagonist knows sure they spell it out for everybody i don't i don't claim to have watched a lot of Columbo, but i know any kind of like murder she wrote type of show or um you know shoot I don't even. I can't even think of examples. Law I, and
1: Order SVU. Yeah, all the Law and Order stuff. <laughs> Criminal Intent, all that stuff. Yeah.
0: The best ones, I think, are when you, as the viewer, are kind of like, oh, I wonder if he did, and your right. in your mind, you're trying to figure it out, like, well, he was at the uh, the deli when she was murdered, sure, but he doesn't, you know.
1: It's more of a brain puzzle for you, a challenge for you. Yeah, I think yeah.
0: He, I, I think you can have both. The kind of like in the second episode of Poker Face, she, you know, really embraced the. The wood knowledge she imparted on her from the barbecue guy. You know, yeah. He really had her taste wood that they yeah. used for the smoking of the meats process. And yep. With that, she was able to determine who killed the, the victim. Yep. Which is cool, but why not throw in stuff where we're going along with it, you know, so that we can maybe figure it out. Yeah. Know. Like, it's a good show. It's just... I'm not in love with it.
1: I think it's just a rearranged fresh take on the murder mystery, I guess, you know.
0: Yeah, the weekly uh, who done it. Yep. So Poker Face. Eh, yeah. Let's eh, go check it out. Yeah. Moving on to our third and final show this week of the Married with Channels podcast. It's finally back for season 2. The uh, rebooting, reimagining of Perry Mason on HBO uh, stars Matthew Reese as Perry Mason. This takes place years before, and if you go back to our episode, I think nine and ten, we talked about the reimagining mm-hmm. of Perry Mason on HBO. We're fans of it; we Absol- liked it
1: absolutely.
0: This is a new season; it's a new kind of. Whereas Poker Face is a murder of the week, this one's a looks like a murder and throughout the season Mm
2: -hmm.
0: trying to figure out who did it and why and all the ways that affects the lives of everybody involved including our protagonist Mm -hmm. i love perry mason i just i love the mood it's like that i love la noir yeah like la confidential chinatown which i've seen half of you know any show set in the la noir type of world you know the gumshoe and the philip marlowe (laughs) novels
1: sure and this and, one
0: does a good job of making it feel like you're there.
1: Absolutely. I love a good period piece. I love I love the costuming of this one. The set pieces are the cars, amazing. The yeah. The music. Yep. They've done a really good job kind of, you know, encapsulating that era and what it was probably like then. So.
0: Yeah, and you know, stuff like I think it's good for a younger audience to watch a show like this cuz you see stuff like wait. There was a hotel just for black people. and
1: Right, some of that historical yeah. racism that was happening. Just the and, way
0: society was back then. Yeah. And now, you know, I mean... It just really puts you in the what, I think 1932.
1: There's some history there too like uh one of the characters is trying to get a baseball team in LA and there's a line where he's like New York has, you know, this many teams and Chicago yeah. has two teams and we can't get one, you know. I'm like, wow, this was before LA had a baseball team.
0: Like And, and I wonder how true that is cuz they Right. the the guy who is kind of murdered is trying to get the baseball team in town he's some son of a high highfalutin guy and figure in la and, mm-hmm. and he makes it sound like nobody wants to be in la or right. have anything to do with la as we know la now it's like a major metropolis absolutely it's obviously the hub of hollywood and movie making and mm-hmm. you know uh, there's some tech there and other industries but it's a big effing town and in 1932 I guess maybe there was a infer- inferiority complex.
1: It was kind of people's attitude were that it was still part of the wild wild west and just so remote and far away that sure. it wasn't that important to them, you know. Now it's a major part of you know lots of industries not just film and movies, so
0: mm-hmm. But it's um it's a well done show. It looks like it's got a good budget. Matthew Reese is great. Yeah. Of course he was in The Americans and uh the stat, uh, the cast is really good. Yes. Um the lady who plays Adela?
1: Juliet Rylance.
0: Yeah, she's great. Love her voice. She's yes. a good voice. Yes, she does. Like I could hear her on some sort of like oil of Olay commercial.
1: She looks so different outside of that character, which is just another testament to, you know, kind of their costuming and hair and makeup for her for that era. It's just so good and you know, there are other there are other uh, themes You know, we mentioned, we kind of touched upon, like, there's racism here. The character that plays Paul Drake, which in the TV show, you know, was a tall white guy. Yeah. (laughs) And he's a person of color, Uh, Chris Chalk, amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing at this character and kind of the things that he kind of faces as an investigator in this world. Um, Shea Wiggum is another one that I think is really good.
0: He's one of those guys that just, is just never going to not have work. Mm. He's always going to be cast in something. Somebody's always going to want to Shea Wiggum. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and that's a testament to his ability and to, I mean, you look at that. He looks like an every man type of dude. Yeah. So he could be like a muscle dude. He can be like the concerned brother-in-law for, for the comedy, mm-hmm. but Perry Mason, just a well done show. And so episode one is where we're at as far as season two. And I look forward to the rest of it. And Maybe we'll have some more on it here on the Married With Channels podcast. Yeah. I think so.
1: I think so. Probably.
0: Play the song, Sham. It's kind of a morose show. It's definitely more... Uh, dark. Dark, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say sad, but there's no like, hey, cool, let's go drive down here and get some lollipops. No,
1: there's definitely a lot of personal struggles going on there, too. Um uh, in this episode, you know, they, there's a civil lawsuit that, you know,
0: oh, Perry yeah. is
1: representing the person. Sean Astin's character. Yeah, the person suing the other person. And they, that per, the Sean Astin's character kind of goes for the jugular. And, you know, it, it basically puts a family out of a business and uh, earnings, you know, and, he kind of wrestles with that a little bit personally. Like, yeah, that's great. We won, but I, you know, ruined a a man's life, you know? And so there's some personal struggles and stuff there too.
0: Right. And you know, I'm glad you brought that up because the first season of this Perry Mason, he's not a lawyer. He's I think an investigator for a lawyer. Yeah. And it's interesting to see that evolution of him becoming a lawyer. That's essentially how the season ends. Yep. He becomes a lawyer, represents the lady. Yeah. And then the season ends. Yeah. Now it seems like, okay, what kind of lawyer do you want to be? Yeah. Is where we're at with Perry Mason. Like now he's representing some shithead grocery store owner who wants to squash anybody who threatens his business. Yep. Um or do you want to be, you know, a little bit more ideological and do the right thing type of lawyer? Sure. You know? So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But uh, anything else?
1: No, I think. Um, well, the one thing I wanted to add with the other aspect of personal struggle, like you know, season one, he represented Emily Dodson and kind of did right by her, but he's struggling because she ended up committing suicide, and yeah. you know that weighs on him all the time. With with every other kind of case and every, kind of on the day to day for him, like. You know, and and it is that struggle. Like, I did the right thing, and it ended up bad anyway. Right. So, I'm going to go into this other avenue, like civil law, you know, and...
0: Make a crap ton of money. And
1: then it's like, well, that doesn't sit well with me either, you know? Yeah. So, it's, so what am it's left interesting. what I Yeah. So, it's kind of interesting to watch that yeah. struggle go play out probably over the season. But
0: Struggle equals good show. Yeah. Hey, Macy, go check it out.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And you can also... I think you'll check out Mandalorian. You probably have by now. Everybody's check out Mandalorian for the most part, right?
1: You at least know
0: who Grogu is. Yeah, right. Yeah. And Poker Face, yeah. decent show. Yeah. Check uh, it out. Go check it out. That's gonna do it for us. Married with Channels Podcast just about every week on your podcast provider. Make sure you give us a good rating. Subscribe to the show. That Share. always helps us.
1: Share. Tell your friends.
0: Absolutely. Until next time. My name is Moose. And
1: I'm Jody. We're
0: married. We love each other and we love you. Bye.
1: Bye.